You're listening to All Aboard, presented by Coors Light. Live from the Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen in Tempe with Sun Devil head football coach Herm Edwards. Now alongside Coach Edwards, the voice of the Sun Devils, Tim Healy. Homecoming weekend 2019, Arizona State's Sun Devil Stadium will be in the college football spotlight this coming Saturday evening when Coach Herm Edwards' ASU Sun Devils host the sixth-ranked Oregon Ducks 9-1 on the season and winners of nine consecutive games. The Sun Devils are hoping that a maroon monsoon will wash away Oregon's hopes of advancing to the college football playoff in 2019. Plenty for us to discuss on this Thursday night as we invite you in to stick around and join us for the next hour as we bring you All Aboard with Herm Edwards, presented by Coors Light. Good evening, everybody. I'm Tim Healy, the radio play-by-play voice of the Sun Devils, joined by second-year Arizona State head coach Herm Edwards. And together, Herm and I welcome you to our weekly show. Yeah, yeah. He's a pretty cool dude. I think he deserves a round of applause. (laughs) Sun Devil football, the topic on the table all evening long. And we're broadcasting live from the Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen. Visit the Lodge on First and Farmer in Tempe every week during the football season for our show. And stick around for great food and a nice cold beverage. And kudos to the folks here at the Lodge. Our normal uh, stage that we use for our broadcast Got a little bit of rain on it from the weather today, but boy, they kept their knees bent. They moved us over a few feet, and we're nice and warm and dry and ready to roll tonight. Our guest tonight, a couple of good ones. Sun Devil wide receiver Frank Darby, five touchdown catches in his last three games, will be with us, as will a key member of the Sun Devil special teams. He's now a two-way player, offense and defense, and a product of Gilbert's Perry High School freshman linebacker slash fullback Case Hatch is in the house. And also joining us later this evening, one of our favorite people, second-year ASU defensive coordinator Danny Gonzalez, making his second appearance on the show this year. A reminder, we'll be airing All Aboard, presented by Coors Light on Facebook Live. For fans who can't join us in the lodge, you can check it out. Uh, check the live stream out on the Sun Devil Football Facebook, uh, Facebook page. Our show is formatted just like a football game in quarters, so on we go with the first quarter of tonight's broadcast. Welcome to All Aboard, presented by Coors Light, first quarter. I'm going to welcome in my co-host, second-year Arizona State head coach, Herm Edwards. Good to see you, coach. And Good to be back. Thanks for the recommendation. Usually it's a big thing of water for me, and you said get some coffee, Good my friend. Driving. And lo and behold, i got a cup of joe here. We're ready to roll tonight. The temperatures huh? have dropped here. Uh, that's kind of interesting. Just but a little the, bit over the, the couple months. But the fan months. base and the support of, of some devil football uh, never declines. So. I tell you, your show the last two years, they've been so much fun to do, and a lot of it's because of the fans. We get great crowds every week for this show. They are great supporters of uh, Sun Devil football and Sun Devil athletics because last Thursday when you were not here. Mm-hmm. Basketball. Um, they stayed early, and then all of a sudden they were leaving. I said, are they mad at us? And they had to go to the basketball Head game. Head into the hoops said, game, which uh, game. tipped off right after your show ended, exactly as a matter right. of fact. That's all good. Speaking about a good atmosphere, boy, I'm uh, ready to go for Saturday night. Uh, there's nothing to me like a big game atmosphere in Sun Devil Stadium. The lights will be on, ABC showing the game to a national TV audience, and your club trying to play spoiler against the number six team in the country. Well, I think if uh, when, you, when you look at our football team, uh, the youth of it is excited about a game like this. And um, you're on national stage, and obviously uh, you're playing a team in your conference, uh, in, in the Pac-12 conference, that got off uh, to a good start. After they lost to SC, they, they kind of found their way and, mm-hmm. and and, excuse me, Auburn, Auburn and, and, yeah. and then um, found their way. And 
They're a complete football team. There's no doubt about that. Um, have a big-time quarterback, uh, really a senior-laden offensive line, uh, a good defense, sound defense. So um, the, re- the reason they're ranked that high is, is people believe they're one of the better teams in the country. Number six in the weekly uh, college football playoff ranking. So they are on the cusp of potentially playing for uh, in in for the national championship in the four team playoffs. So your team has a lot on the line and a lot to play for, but so does Oregon. Well, they do, and and, and, and I never get caught up on the other teams. I just get caught up on what we need to do, mm-hmm. uh, and and we need to to win a game again uh, for for uh, just just for our mindset and, and for the young guys. And, and they've played competitive, very competitive in the last three or four weeks. Yeah, just can't finish it right now. And and this is a team that you play and you look at them right away, and something stands out: the fact that they get off to early leads. And in, in the first half of the of, of games, they've outscored their opponent. Uh, when you think about all the games they played, 188 to 86. Wow. So yeah. when you get into that deficit, mm-hmm. you got a problem because their defense, they have 32 sacks. They have 17 interceptions. So if you get into that kind of game, it's going to not turn out good for you. To me, that is the difference in this year's Oregon team. When, we, when you think of Oregon in years past, you think of the glitzy, explosive offenses they had in the Chip Kelly era when Mike Bellotti was their head coach. But this year, they're good offensively, but, boy, they're really good on the defensive side of the ball. Well, they play complementary football because their offense puts up some points, and then their defense obviously can take the ball away. Uh, they've scored 106 points off turnovers. and so you know, 17 interceptions leading the yeah. nation in that category. Yeah, they do a nice job. They, they have some rushers, too, uh, that, that concern you a little bit, especially when they get you in passing downs. They can come off the edge and knock the quarterback down. Now, I look at the two teams. You and I were talking before we went on the air. When you compare Arizona State's offense to theirs, there's to me there's a lot of comparable parts. You both, both teams have really good quarterbacks, except yours is a true freshman, Jaden Daniels. Theirs is an experienced senior in Justin Herbert, one of the top passers in the country. I like Arizona State's receivers as much as Oregon's. I think Eno Benjamin is comparable to any running back they have. To me, the big difference, their offensive line is so talented and experienced very experienced they played together for a long time and this is an experienced football team this is what you face uh, when you build a program and they've, they've had time to, to put it together and this is what it looks like <laughs> it's like oregon is what you're hoping maybe in a couple yeah. of years yeah. arizona state will there be. you go and, and, and there's a pain to doing all this and it's not fun for anyone not fun for the fans not fun for the players not fun for the coaching staff I mean, you know, you put in all these hours of work and uh, you lose a football game. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not a good feeling. No. And when you lost as many as we've lost in a row now, it, it, it becomes, you know, numbing to you because you still have energy. The players participate in practice. They had, we had a lively three practices a day. Mm-hmm. The players want to win. Everyone wants to win. But you can't do things that allow the opponent to have an advantage. And we're our worst enemy. We are our worst enemy right now. We have met the enemy, and it is us. We know who it is. Mm -hmm. It's us. And if we straighten that out, we'll we'll win a game again. The two big keys, I think, uh, if you're looking for a common thread, obviously penalties, which you did a better job of, I thought, at Oregon State. Got them down to four. But the slow starts, uh, obviously there's been so much conversation about that in terms of what do you do to get this team off to a better start. Well, there's a lot of – we changed the pregame warm-up. We changed some things in practice. We've done everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we just got to get off there faster. And it's, it's, it's both ways on both sides of the ball. Either the offense gets on the field and you can't go three and out. Or defense gets on the field, you can't let them go down and score. Because then all of a sudden you're playing catch-up. Mm-hmm. We kind of, we've, we've fallen into that trap for about at least the, three, the last three games. 
First downs are a good thing, aren't they? They're very important, especially offensively. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Make a first down. I like this matchup of quarterbacks. Uh, Jaden is such a a, a talented young man. Uh, Justin Herbert, give him credit. He came back. He could have gone to the NFL last year. He came back just to have the opportunity to do what Oregon so far this year has been doing. Well, and and, and obviously there's a lot of big awards out there that he that he's in, entitled to earning if they continue to win. Uh, and you know he came back. They built this team. And he says, look, I want to finish this thing off. I want to try to win a national championship. Good for him. Mm-hmm. Because the one thing we do know, once you leave college, you're a professional. If you have the ability to do that. I always tell guys, when this college thing ends, it's different. Mm-hmm. Because now it's for a living. You're making your living doing that thing. And, and just enjoy it. And, and, I, and I think he wanted to enjoy that. He knew he had a good team coming back. Um, a bunch of seniors on the offensive line. He knew that they were going to be in position like they were right now because they built it over the last three or four years. So he understood that. And I like guys. It reminds me of Andrew Luck. Mm-hmm. Right? Andrew Luck could have came out early. He said, no, I want to stay. I want yeah. to stay in college. I'm going to play it out. Good, kind, good of, for kind of likes college, too. Yeah. 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 In the normal college, it's, it's pretty good. In that real world, it's, it's real. <laughs> if, you can, if you can do it one more year in college, what the heck? Why not do yeah, that's it? That's right. How did you feel overall? What did you see that encouraged you at Oregon State last week? Well, what we always see, the fact that we get down early and then we, we get back into the football game. That's the other common thread. Yeah, the, yeah. the slow starts are frustrating, but doggone, your team battles back in uh, every game. Even the UCLA loss, you came back. I mean, you know, and, and, and that's a credit to the kids because they, they continue to play. They continue to believe. We just need to flip it where we play with a lead finally. Mm-hmm. We need to play for, with a lead. Uh, we haven't done that in quite some time. And if we can play with a lead and then extend the lead, uh, then you have a chance to win football games. The Oregon State game had a little bit of a different dynamic. That had a back-and-forth feel to it. Uh, they would take the lead. You came back. That happened about four times. And then, of course, the to me, as you dissect your decision to go for the two-point conversion, to me... That was as much a philosophical decision on your part as it was a situational one. Would you agree with that? Yeah, because I knew when we had the ball on the 10-yard line, and I told them if we score, we're going for two. Mm-hmm. So that was my mind was made up. It was like, we're going for two. And we, if you go 90 yards in 11 plays and you can't make two yards, you don't deserve to win. Yeah. That's just how I look at it. Mm-hmm. You don't deserve to win. We went 90 yards. We think, we're on the 10. We went 90 yards, 11 plays. We've got to make two yards. We've got to make that. Because yeah. if you're trying to build a program, I'm not trying to tie. See, okay, that's, I'm not trying to tie anybody. That's why I say it's a philosophical yeah. thing. Because you're, you're setting the standard for yeah. next week, this week, or down the road when yeah. you're in a situation like that. Yeah, we're not playing to tie. Okay? And then the people say, well, you should have tied. No, 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 no. When they're the coach, they can go tie. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to win a football game and, and put the pressure on them. Put the pressure on them. you got to go and score now. you got to kick a field goal. By the way, their field goal kicker was two or seven. Right. So they got to really put them in a position where the last three possessions, they punted. So I'm going, hey, our defense is playing pretty good. But I'm, not, I'm never going. Sorry, fans. you got the wrong head coach. I'm not playing for ties. Yeah. I'm not doing that. I'm going to actually try to win a football game. There you go. And you and you did have momentum uh, in the second half. You had held them to 98 total yards in the second half. Let me get this right. You go 90 yards on 11 plays on your last possession. With and, the ball game on the line. And, and you can't make two yards? I'm going to say, no, we can't make two. I'm scared now. <laughs> get out of here. No. You know, I, don't, you know, I don't play football that way. 
I just don't. That's a great way. To I've put never it. played it that way. Yep. And I'll never do it the rest. I won't do it. That's not my personality. We're going to go for it. I'm trusting the players that we're going to make two yards. And you know what? If I had to do it again on the street, I'm going to do it again. <laughs> there you go. This is me. Yeah. How much money do you think Brandon Ayuk's made for himself over the last few weeks? What a player he is, huh? Stocks rising. There were 10 scouts today at practice. Wow. 10. I mean, that's the most I've seen in quite some time. There was 10 of them there. He is having himself a year. The Pac-12 Special Teams Player of the Week this week for his 63-yard punt return touchdown. But uh, how about 293 all-purpose yards for that young man against Oregon State? You know, he, he's doing a lot for us in a, in a lot of different areas. Um, and, and our receiving core, I mean, that's what's keeping us in the games, to be quite honest. Mm-hmm. Frank and, and the rest of those guys, because when you watch us play, we might stall out three or four possessions, and then all of a sudden we make a big play. Mm-hmm. And Frank has been involved in that, and, and I, you know, and Ayuk's been involved in that. So we, we have the ability to make big plays. What we have to do is put some drives together right? so we can stay on the field. That's critical for us offensively. Boy, how well do your receivers complement each other? Frank obviously gives you that big play threat. Kyle Williams, a terrific possession receiver and running back, I should add he's, now. He's been huh? running the football that? pretty well, too. He's yeah, been running he sure the ball. Did. He really has. And then Brandon Ayuk can take a 10-yard play and make it, make it an 86-yard play. Yeah, we have some some receivers out there that can make explosive plays in space. Mm-hmm. You know, And, and that's what you got to have if, if uh, when you throw the ball down the field and, and Jaden is, is starting to feel better with the receivers, and, and that's a good thing. Not only Brandon Ayuk, just the yards he amasses, but when you comp- uh, when you uh, couple him with your tremendous punter, Michael Turk, who, by the way, uh, is one of the ten semifinalists for the Ray Guy Award that goes to college football's best punter. And I've said all year I don't think there's a better punter in the country. But between Brandon's returns and Turk's punting, you have two guys that are tremendous field position weapons for you. Well, you can change the field, and, and that's what special teams is all about. How do you change the field? And, and when you have a punter that can punt people and, and make them play on a long field, and you have a return guy, when you can hold them, when you can hold an offense inside their 20 or 30, now they have to punt it. they got a problem. Yeah. Because our, our, our punt team is, is plumb. But our kickoff return team is playing well, by the way. All your special teams really they're, are they're doing. They're doing a good job. Locum has done a tremendous job with that group, and, and, and a credit to you and your staff. I was out uh, at the bubble today, and when your team walked off the field today, just the, the, the energy that they were displaying heading off the field, you'd never know that this team was in the middle of a rough patch. They really, really, Coach Likens told me today he thought it was a great, great practice that they had. It's been a great week for them, and, and the, the thing I like about these young guys is that they understand what we're trying to do. They're, they're not naive. They understand what we're trying to do, and, and this game still has to be fun. And the one thing I'm always going to do for them, we're going to make it fun. Okay? We're going to make this thing fun. And because you have to play with a smile on your face when you play football. I guarantee you, your last message to the team Saturday night will have the words, have fun tonight, fellas, somewhere in there, won't they? I'm, I'm going to have fun. I have fun watching them. Yeah. I really do. I'm proud of them. I, I love the way they play. It's a competitive football team. And eventually those losses will become wins. And that's how it works. And that, I truly believe that. Absolutely. You know, even a devil needs time to chill, even on a chilly like, uh, night like this. Coors Light, mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And remember, 21 means 21. we got lots more coming your way in tonight's edition of All Aboard with Herm Edwards, presented by Coors Light. Up next, 
We'll visit with two Sun Devils from opposite sides of the ball. One is one of the nation's top big play pass-catching threats. The other has been a force on special teams and is now a two-way player. First-year linebacker fullback Case Hatch and junior wide receiver Frank Darby will join us in a moment. But first, let's take a timeout on the Sun Devil Radio Network presented by Gila River Hotels and Casinos. Let's start the second quarter of All Aboard. Presented by Coors Light. Today on game day, leave the driving to Lyft, proud partner of Sun Devil Athletics. Download the Lyft app and enter the code SUNDEVILS and get $5 off your first four rides. Welcome back to All Aboard with Herm Edwards, presented by Coors Light as we talk Arizona State football with the head coach of the Sun Devils on this chilly Thursday evening. I'm Tim Healy, your host, inviting you to come on by and join us if you're in the area. We're at the Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen at First and Farmer in Tempe. Time now to welcome in our two-player guests tonight, and uh, this evening, kind of a switch from the norm. We have one from each side of the ball, although one of these fellows plays on both sides of the ball. We'll explain momentarily. But our first guest has been on a tear the last three weeks, in which time he's caught 12 passes, five for touchdowns. His nearly 20 yards per reception is the best mark in the Pac-12. In his career, he's caught 54 passes at Arizona State. 21 of them have resulted in gains of 20 yards or more. He's from Jersey City, New Jersey, and literally always has a smile on his face. Please welcome Mr. Frank Darby. How are you, Frank? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Great to see you, buddy. Great to see you, too. This, this show is right up your wheelhouse, isn't it, doing something like this? <laughs> yes, sir. Absolutely. We'll talk with Frank in a minute. Our other guest, a local product from Perry High School in Gilbert, where in three years there, check out these numbers. He had 384 tackles, 31 tackles for loss, 12 sacks, 3 fumble recoveries for the Perry Pumas. And in his first year as a Sun Devil, he's had 11 tackles, 1 forced fumble, mainly on special teams. He's a linebacker, but he's now also playing fullback on offense. Let's welcome Case Hatch to the show. How are you, Case? I'm doing good. How are you? Thanks for coming by tonight, partner. All right. uh, You each had interesting uh, paths to get uh, to Arizona State. Frank, how does a guy from Jersey end up catching passes out in the desert? Tell us how that happened. Um, Well, I mean, I was catching deep balls in high school. Um, That was, like, my main route I always like to go. I mean, they like to do. So, um, um, just getting recruited, um, coming here. I I was committed to Iowa. I was committed to Iowa my um, my junior year for a whole year. And then they turned me down, you know, um, due to some SAT tests. And basically, that's when I basically knew it was going to be a business. So, when he told me, like, I don't owe him no loyalty, and I could just take my talent somewhere else if I want to. Um, it just put like an edge on me, you know. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I always go, and I always put that chip on my shoulder, and always gonna go and like told him, I'm gonna show you I could do it. So when I got recruited out here and all this beautiful weather, yeah. I was like, okay, I don't have to play in the cold game no more. Today being the exception to the rule, of course, but uh, yeah, I mean, I like the rain too. But so you know? what? Yeah, it doesn't happen all that often. We need the rain, right? Yeah, sometimes to cool it down. There you go. But we're so glad you're here at Arizona State, and we'll yeah. talk with Frank about that in a minute. Case. A different path for you. This is your first year back after serving an LDS mission. Tell us where you went and how did that experience uh, change your life and change you? Well, that experience definitely helped me grow up as a person, um, coming closer to God, me personally, and it was definitely something different. I served in Miami, had the opportunity to be there for two years after high school. During that time, I was on my own, away from family and friends, which was different, um, with limited communication with them which also gave me a reason to grow up and kind of learn and figure out life on my own. Yeah. 
for those of us not of the Mormon faith, the rules are, I think you can only call home, what, twice a year? or what, Talk Correct, about yeah. that. So you're only, only able to call the family twice a year. It's on Christmas and Mother's Day. Um, other than that, it's just strictly emails. Uh, yep, but once a week. Wow, interesting. And then once you got done with your mission, how did you become a Sun Devil? How did that process begin? So that process was definitely interesting. Um, I was committed to a different school uh, when I graduated high school and went on the mission. Right before I came home, I kind of felt like I wanted to stay in Arizona. And uh, luckily, I had this opportunity to come out to ASU and walk on out here. Um, so I had to decommit from the school, uh, make that decision that I was going to kind of bet on myself, come out here and do all I could to prove that I could play with this level of players because kids like Frank... These kids are amazing. These kids are great. They're talented. And I had to figure out if I was going to be able to do that, be able to play with them. And so that was a big risk that I took. Um, and it definitely wasn't easy. How proud you must be of yourself, though, that you're proven you can do this. And you've, you've become an integral part of this team on special teams. And now they've moved you to fullback as a blocking back, too. Talk about that. Yes, sir. I'm just grateful for the coaches, especially Coach Herm and the opportunity he's given me. That's probably the biggest thing that I could ask for is just an opportunity to prove myself. And now they're able, they're allowing me to do it on both sides of the ball, which is something great and some, something special for me. That's special because there aren't that many players in college football that get to uh, play on both sides of the ball. Now, Frank's in his third year here, and you've always been the deep threat. But what's going on the last three weeks, man? You've been on a tear, 12 catches. <laughs> five, Frank had, get this, check this out. Frank had five touchdown receptions in the first 30 games of his career. He's had five now in the last three weeks. What's, what's been the big difference? What's uh, been taking place? And you've done it with two different quarterbacks, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would just blame it on Jaden. Like, um, <laughs> blame it on Jaden. <laughs> I would just blame it on Jaden because he finally getting comfortable with me. Um, I've been telling him when he first got in, I was like, I'm a deep threat. Like, I just like to go deep. Like, you could count on me. I ain't going to let nobody catch a pick on me. Just throw it deep. But at first, he wasn't trusting it at first. So I would be out there um, just running deep for no reason. I'll be like, we got to watch film together because I'm, I'm beating them every time I go deep. I mean, just throw it. I got you, you know. Um, and then UCLA game, when I looked and when we was losing and I looked at him, he looked at me. He was like, I ain't going to stop playing until they say zero. And I was like, that's the energy I'm into, too. I said, I'm going to be open. Just throw it. Mm-hmm. So once the ball started just being thrown and I was like, I just feel like like the passes, the routes, the passes don't come my way too often. So. When I get that opportunity, I have to make that catch if I want to make it to the next level, you know? Yeah, and you did. You got two touchdowns in the fourth quarter at UCLA. Then you get a bye week. Then Jaden's injury. Joey Yellen comes in, and it's like you don't miss a beat. He throws some – he threw you some beautiful deep balls in that game. Oh, man, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I've been watching the same video all the time. It was beautiful. Um but that just go back to the next man step up. I mean, that don't mean I'm going to have to fall off my game because the quarterback out. It's just now I got to make that quarterback, that quarterback better. So mm-hmm. I told him you could trust me too. Just throw it deep and I'm going to make it play. Yep. You have to. Case, talk about the impact you've had on special teams and talk about the impact your special teams are having on this football team this year. Well, we are definitely having something great out here at ASU and on the special teams. Um, we're led by a great coach. Coach Slocum is definitely putting us in the right direction. But more importantly, he's helping us kind of grow in, into ourselves because we are a very young special teams. If you look at it, a lot of freshmen out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's great because he gives us the opportunity to go out there and kind of be ourselves. Um, he says, go down and 
do all you can to make a tackle, and that's kind of what we do. Just go down there and make something happen. What was your mentality when you came in? Were you expecting to play right away? Because certainly that's one area where a kid can make an early impression is going uh, special teams. Well, I had no idea what, what to expect when I came out here, first of all, um, but I'm grateful for it. I'm grateful to be out there on special teams and make a difference and do all I can. Um, it's just another opportunity for sure. Um, never thought I would be out here playing as much as I am right now, especially my freshman year. But that is something tremendous. And to do it in your hometown, too. That's got to be pretty cool. Exactly. That's, that's what I'm most excited about because I grew up here. Watch kids come to school here, watch them graduate, watch them perform on the football field. And now I'm able to do it in my own backyard. That's so cool. Frank, uh, it seems to me that ever since the second quarter of the USC game, when you started coming back from that early deficit, your offense has gotten a little bit more mojo. What's your sense of how the offense has progressed these last couple of games? Uh, I would say probably a word that I always say to them, like, how do y'all want to like, go out? Like, I look at all these seniors, and these are the dudes that I came in with, and they all about to go, and I got a year behind. And I just look at them, like, how y'all want to go out? Like, the plan, like, this is not the plan. I mean, we all didn't expect the season to go this way, but now I just try to tell them, like, let's get to a bowl game. Let's go out the right way. Um, never give up. It's okay. Everything will be all right. Because some of them may not play football again, and mm-hmm. I just want them to finish this experience. You know, let's finish it out. Let's do it the right way. You know, finish it with class. Um, let's just come back together. So now the offense is finally rolling, and we're doing some great things. I, I think of guys, when you made that, it's a great point, too. I think of guys like Cole Cabral and what he's done for this team as a senior. He's winding down his career. I think of a guy like George Lee who just saw his career end because of an injury. And I would think the rest of you underclassmen would be super motivated to get to a bowl game just for, to honor your seniors, if anything else. Yes, to honor the seniors. And those are my boys I came in with when we were the freshmen, and I watched them all grow. And I just want them to have the best experience as they finish their football careers and go to the next level or wherever they're going, playing on doing for the rest of their life. What are, your, what are your thoughts on Saturday night, the bright lights, ABC, Oregon, sixth in the country. They want to go to the college football playoff, and here lurking in the desert is Frank Darby and the Arizona State Sun Devils. Oh, man, it feels good, you know. It feels <laughs> good. You don't, you'll never really get this opportunity to play a top, top school like this, you know. Well, I feel like it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a game, you know. They're not gonna just come in here and just beat on all of us, you know. But we gonna go out there with the edge and let's try to end the dream, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. For whatever it's worth, just before coming to the show tonight, I was on Twitter and saw that a very respected West Coast sports writer who covers Pac-12 football is predicting an Arizona State victory over Oregon on Saturday. What do you think, Frank? Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> We could pull another upset, you know, have all the crowd, all the fans stand, storm the crowd and everything, you know, mm-hmm. just like when we beat Washington a couple of years ago when they walked in, they was big bad, and now we got them. That's, that's the game I draw back to uh, memory-wise. That was a fifth-ranked Washington team that had gone to the college football playoff the year before when they came here in October of 17, and your defense was lights out that night, wasn't it? Yes, it we was on fire. Yeah. We was on fire. I wasn't playing that game, but we was on fire. And my energy on the sideline to get them going, yeah, I helped them. <laughs> there you go. Case, what, what are you feeling? What's the vibe you're sensing on the team as you get ready for this big showdown with Oregon? You know, Frank and I were just talking about this. Um, Herman's always taught us to take every week as it is. This is a faceless opponent, as we like to say. 
um, because there is a lot of hype around Oregon right now, but we like to take it little by little, studying the film, understanding what they like to do, and kind of how we can counteract it. But especially this week, we've had some great energy on both sides of the ball because I'm practicing with defense, I'm practicing with offense, and I'm able to see kind of the interactions between players on both sides and as well special teams. And there's just a great energy right now going around. There's a lot of positive things, a lot of things that we're um, installing that we're, we're excited about. And especially the players and our captains, our captains are keeping us going. Mm-hmm. And as the season is coming towards the end of it, um, the captains are really taking advantage of this time to kind of bring us together and do all we can to perform this Saturday. You know, I think of several coaches' mantras. Of course, Bill Belichick is famous for saying, do your job. And I think that's basically part of what you guys are trying to get done this week. Every day in practice and meetings and film, just do your job. And the late Bruce Snyder, the former coach at Arizona State uh, from uh, 1992 to 2000, his mantra was one at a time. And by that he meant... Not one game at a time, one practice, one possession, one rep at a time. And those are, uh, those are things you can really live by, aren't they, Case? Yes, sir, 100%. And as well, to add one, one to your list is Coach Herm has always taught us words and actions. It's just say you're going to do something, then go out and do it and get it done. And so we say we're going to go to work on Saturday, and that's what we're going to do. I can't let Frank Darby there. Well said. I can't let Frank get away without going back to November 17, 2018 in Eugene, Oregon. And the last time I saw Frank Darby in Eugene, Oregon, I saw him catching a, what I thought was a two-point conversion to tie that game. What are your reflections on that moment, and does that uh, motivate you for this game? Oh, up? yes. Yes, it motivated me a lot. Um, like I was saying, like it, put, it just put a chip on my shoulder. You know, they should have gave it to me. We all seen that I was in. You know, I don't know how, <laughs> how the ref was up there, but, <laughs> but it's okay. But, you know, I got a second opportunity at them again, um, and I feel like I'm going to go out there and I'm going to play my heart out. Um, try to play one of the best games I've ever played this whole season. I can't wait to see it unfold. Weren't these two terrific guests, huh? Frank Darby, I knew you'd kill it on the coaches' show. Great job. And <laughs> you did too, Case Hatch. I Great try. to have you, buddy. <laughs> Appreciate it. Case Hatch, Frank Darby, our guest tonight on All Aboard, presented by Coors Light. Even a devil needs time to chill. Coors Light, mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And remember, 21 means 21. Up next, we'll visit with Sun Devil Defensive Coordinator Danny Gonzalez. You're listening to All Aboard with Herm Edwards, presented by Coors Light. Now this time out on the Sun Devil Radio Network. This is All Aboard, presented by Coors Light. Third quarter. New this season, we are airing All Aboard, presented by Coors Light on Facebook Live for fans who can't join us here at the Lodge. You can check out the live stream of the show on the Sun Devil Football Facebook page. And also new this season, you can keep up with our esteemed ASU radio play-by-play team on Twitter and Instagram by following at SunDevilPBP. I'm Tim Healy, and as we continue out with tonight's show, it's time to welcome on or welcome in one of the members of Herm Edwards' excellent coaching staff at Arizona State. This gentleman making his second visit to the show this year, a one-time, long-time aide to Coach Rocky Long at San Diego State. He's now in his second year as Arizona State's defensive coordinator, an excellent coach, an even better person. Always great to have Coach Danny Gonzalez on the show with us tonight. Good to see you, partner. Good to see you. Thank you for the kind words. Appreciate it. Before we talk any football, I just want to, on behalf of Sun Devil Nation, extend to you, your wife Sandra, and your family our condolences on the passing of your mom last Appreciate week. That. that that had to have been, I, I can't imagine how challenging. Well, actually, I can because I lost my mom about four and a half years ago, right before we were supposed to have a, a basketball home weekend against Colorado and Utah. I kind of know what it's like, but. Uh, just unreal. It, I mean, it really yeah. hasn't, uh, it just doesn't seem real yet. Yeah. So, 
Um, my dad back home, he's trying How's to figure he out. He's doing. He's doing good. Mm-hmm. Figuring out day to day, just a new, a new lifestyle without yeah. him. And he's talking about going and getting a membership to the gym. I mean, he's in good shape. Uh, wow. He'll be spending some time out here in Tempe. So, my sisters have been really good. Uh, my wife is, talks to him every day. So it's. Uh, it's been good. The, the Sun Devil Nation has been just unbelievable, awesome. All the thoughts and prayers have been very welcomed. And, uh, I mean, in a hard time, people have just been. Before we move on to football, I just want to, your mom's name was Becky. It was. T- tell us about her. Just tell us a little bit. Or do you have a story or something that made her really special? Was she a sports fan? Did she, she always was. like football? Uh, I mean, loved football games. Uh, was at every one of my football games, playing at the University of New Mexico through high school. I mean, every sporting event. And you're from Albuquerque, I as am. you mentioned. So that's where she, the family That's was. where they were living. Right. I mean, right. all the way back to when I was, she was, she. I mean, any toughness that I might have. I mean, I, I'm, my dad's probably going to take offense to this, but <laughs> I'm going to give her the credit when, uh, I mean, all the way back to when I'm, we're about four years, I was about four years old, we're playing hide-and-seek, and she stuffs me up in a closet so they couldn't find me. And I'm pushing the door trying to get out, and I broke her toe, and she carries me back to wherever home base was with a broken toe and, and oh, never stopped man. a beat. So, I mean, the, all the way back to then, it was wow. there's, some, there's some toughness there. So uh, a lot of great memories. Um, my, my parents just celebrated their 50th wedding anniversary this uh, past summer. And my 43 years of living, I never even saw my parents have a disagreement. Wow. I mean, they were true soulmates. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why my dad's figuring out how to do things now, and yeah. it'll be good. My parents uh, were two months shy of their 50th when my dad died in September of 2000. And same way, I, don't, I hardly ever saw them argue. Yeah, it's the unbelievable. They, they very, very good example that uh, I was able to grow up by. Let's talk, about, let's talk some football now. There have been a couple of trends lately, one good, one not so good. Uh, the USC game, the Oregon State game. Early deficits for the Sun Devils. The good news is your defense got back into it, and the deficits, uh, the team scratched away and had chances to win those two games. Uh, what, what's the thought process on your part in terms of uh, trying to avoid the slow starts that have uh, plagued this team the last few games? We've gone, we've gone to the drawing board every week trying to figure out why we're starting slow. I mean, uh, from and Coach Edwards has done a great job with restructuring practice, restructuring pregame, and we're, we're going at everything to try and give our kids the best chance to be successful early. Because, I mean, what we come back in the second half, and it's not like we're going with a new scheme or, or making all these fabulous adjustments. I mean, I, we're, we're just playing better. We're, we're executing what we practiced all week, and they're not able to move the ball anymore. Uh, the problem is the first half is, is so disastrous right now. Uh, I mean, after the 95-yard touchdown against SC, I mean, give Coach a lot of credit because at that point you can lose a lot of faith, and he's like, we're going to be all right. And there was a brief 30 seconds where I'm like, Coach, I mean, we've thrown everything at him. We played man, we played cover three, cover two. It ain't working. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm going to be lost. I said, go talk to him. We'll get him back. And uh, here they go. All yeah. of a sudden they start fighting, and shoot, they had 200 yards in the second half and three points. Mm-hmm. Same thing last week. They had 98 total yards. They, they couldn't really move the ball. So, I mean, going for two points, I mean, we're, we were going to put the pressure on them. We take the lead. They ain't going to go down and kick a field goal. We're going to get get off the field in three or four plays, and we're going to win the game. Yeah. So it wasn't even a, a question of what we were going to do. One of the – I know game to game, one of your priorities is always stopping the run. And there have been some encouraging signs. Oregon State last week averaged less than three yards per rush attempt. And the previous week, USC only had, I think, 70 rushing yards, the fewest allowed by a Sun Devil team since 1998. How do you feel about the way the run defense is no, you know, I think right now? Up front, we're, we're playing very physical. Okay, uh, If you're going to be able to stop – if you got to – to be good on defense, period, you have to be able to stop the run. Because once you get the run going, everything works. The play action works, throwing a ball over the top. 
we're playing a little bit too soft in coverage right now with some confidence uh, factors in the first half trying to rel- find out the speed of those guys. If we can clean that up, people not able to run the ball, and then the other side of that, we're being real physical. I mean, we're uh, shoot, we're third in the country and in, in forced or first in the country in forced fumbles, third in the country in, in fumbles gained. Um, now we're we're not getting as many interceptions. I think we're only at four, mm-hmm. but we've gained 17 turnovers. We need to keep that up, and that's all a part of being good against the run and being physical up front. Those guys up front have been real physical, knocking those guys around. The ball's coming out, and we're playing hard, so we're around the ball and we're getting opportunities to recover it. So if we can just fix some of our Technique-wise in the secondary and, and continue to get pressure on the quarterback that we have the last couple weeks, you should see improvement. And there's a big, there's been a big challenge. I mean, we challenge our guys this week. We got a great opportunity. Sixth best team in the country in the CFP rankings. They're the 22nd best uh, country statistic-wise uh, in the country on offense. I think they're 14th in the country on defense. I mean, we've got an unbelievable opportunity. Sun Devil Stadium is going to be packed. Uh, they got this new fancy light show that everybody's been talking about for mm-hmm. pregame, so don't yeah. be late. Uh, it's going to be an unbelievable environment with an opportunity to upset that team and, and like Frank said, ruin their dreams. Yeah. And, and am I right that you actually kind of, I don't know, suggested that maybe have a scrimmage? Hey, I'm, I'm all for it. Hey, I, lo- I, love, I love football, and I think the only way you get better is playing football, real football. And so as staff, we throw ideas around. I said, hey, Coach, let's just live scrimmage. Let's go 10 plays, live scrimmage right before we start. You want a national story? The game's on CV. I mean, Kirk Herbstreit will be talking about it. Them boys are going down there live seeing they get ready. Now, I got vetoed because I'm not the head coach, and, and, and he made the right choice at that. But, uh, but it's something good for the suggestion box, I would think. Exactly, something good for the suggestion box. But let's get them going early, and then we can come up with some other ideas. You mentioned pressuring the quarterback. It has been better the last couple of weeks. You sacked Jake Luton, Oregon State's quarterback, three times and had guys in his face on several other attempts. What's improved in that uh, aspect of the You know, game? Coach Kane's done a really good job up front with those guys, technique-wise, uh, getting pressure. We, we got some pressure. We've gotten more pressure out of our four-man rush the last two weeks than we had all season. And then we've come up with some good uh, schemes to get pressure on the quarterback. We'll have to do that again this week because I think, uh, I mean, the midseason report, their left guard and left tackle are midseason All-Americans. Yeah. Really good players up front. They're big. They're athletic. So we've got a great challenge ahead. Now, if we can uh, – and coaches do it every week. I mean, that's what happened to ours. I mean, we scheme to see where's their flaws, where are their weaknesses. And if our kids come in prepared and they know where the flaws are and they can identify the, the pre-snap tails – then we'll have a chance to continue that success and get to the quarterback. Now, if you remember the third play of the game last year, we call a corner blitz, and they're in uh, empty formation. Our corner comes Scott's free, uh, Scott free and hits uh, Herbert right in the back and bounces off him like a gnat. So uh, we practiced on some of that this week. So when we have those opportunities, it's a sack fumble. It's not a, it's not a bigger play, a, a first down for them. So we've just got to cash in on our opportunities. And, you know, we've got a lot of faith in our guys. Uh, I think everybody's alluded up here. The energy for a team that's lost four, in a row, four games in a row at practice is unbelievable. Yeah. And we don't necessarily do things right all the time. And we're at the point, I mean, we're still practice until you can't get it wrong. I mean, we make them do it over and over until they can't get it wrong. And as you're building this program, uh, with, with that being the mantra and the, the words and actions like Case said and, and Coach preaches all the times, like you said, don't say it if you ain't willing to do it. And if you ain't proud about it, and you ain't willing to talk about it, then don't do it. Mm-hmm. And it lives up in everything in life. And so those guys are learning. Uh, they're following along the direction of the program. And I'm telling you, we're, we're going to be the sixth-ranked team in the CPF, CFP here if we can keep this thing going in the next couple of years. Absolutely. You 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 want to get to where Oregon is There's right no now, doubt. Right there. We want to ruin their dreams and not, let, not let them ruin ours. There so you go. We're going to keep building to that. As a coach, how tough is it to see a George Lee – 
have his season end with the injury like he did at Oregon? You know, it, it's just it's heartbreaking. Uh, the young man has has busted his tail for us. Um, he's been one of our, our leaders up front. Uh, his play from game one to game ten has just improved every week and got better and better and better. Um, he's going to have surgery on December third. Uh, I mean, I, I call him so I have you know one of the Apple watches. So every day when we're going to start our walkthrough at nine forty. I call him on the phone and tell him we're thinking about it the last five days, and, wow. and you know he's he's struggling a little bit just with the trying to get over the realization that the season's over. But he's got a bunch of great teammates that have really been there for him. Uh, they send him text messages every day that they're thinking about him, and and so he comes over in the afternoon and does his rehab. He's not really ready to be around a lot of people yet, which I understand. Sure. But uh, after he gets cut on December 3rd, and we'll get some rehab and then see what, what the future holds for him. But we're going to miss him dearly. We're yeah. going to miss him on the football field. And, and not only that, we're going to miss his leadership and just as a person. Great kid. He's a great kid Love from that young uh, man. New Orleans, I think, yes. uh, from down in Louisiana. Uh, how do you feel your talented young secondary is developing as the season goes on? Uh, we're hot and cold. I mean, it's, it's uh, early on in the season. We were really good uh, in our technique playing coverage. Now, we gave up a couple of big plays against Washington State with some, some assignment errors, and I think it, uh, it broke our confidence a little bit. Um, we're still working every day for the technique-wise. I mean, we, we are very detailed in what we do, um, and that's where we're from game to game we get off a little bit of detail. And, and these what they don't understand and what they're starting to figure out, when we tell them to line up three and a half yards from the hash and they line up a yard and a half from the hash, and then you show them on film when the ball sneaks in there and they complete it, and they're about a yard and a half short of making the play. That's the fine detail of, of where we got to get to. Attention and to detail. That, that comes along with reps. That comes along with experience. I mean, if you look at it, Kobe Williams, and I say it all the time, and I know it frustrates people, he's been our best player and most consistent in the secondary. He's a fifth-year senior. He's played a ton of reps, and, mm-hmm. and now he's played outside. He's played at safety. He's played at corner. Right. And he's proven me. He, I'm telling you this. Kobe Williams is going to play in the NFL. Williams is going to play. He's going to be a nickel for somebody. He's going to be on special teams. He's going to have. A, he's going to surprise a lot of people. He'll get a shot. And uh, Coach Edwards and Coach Lewis have done a great job getting him in the NFLPA game. Uh, we're excited about that, so that he can continue to show his talents. But we're going to have four or five of those guys here over the next couple of years that are going to have those opportunities, and uh, they're very, very talented. There's a lot of growing pains right now, mm-hmm. and uh, Coach White. Uh, Coach Edwards every day with the individual stuff. We're going to get them right. And uh, they're going to be some really, really good players. Anxious to see it unfold on Saturday night for sure. Great insights as always from Sun Devil Defensive Coordinator Danny Gonzalez. Danny, thanks for coming on, buddy. Thank you for having me. And once again, thank you, Sun Devil Nation. We really appreciate you. You betcha. Even a devil needs time to chill. Coors Light, mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And remember, 21 means 21. Coach Edwards will rejoin me in a moment as we look ahead to Saturday's game with number six, Oregon. But first, these messages on the Sun Devil Radio Network. The fourth quarter is next on All Aboard with Sun Devil head football coach Herm Edwards. Thanks for joining us tonight on All Aboard with Herm Edwards, presented by Coors Light as we talk ASU Sun Devil football on this Thursday night. Even a devil needs time to chill. Coors Light, mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And remember, 21 means 21. And a quick reminder, our final show of the year next week, because of the Thanksgiving holiday, will be on Wednesday night when we preview the ASU U of A game. So next Wednesday at 7 for All Aboard with Coach Herm. Herm, what are some of the factors or some of the matchups that, in your in your opinion, give your team a shot to upset Oregon here on Saturday? Well, 
I think if we can protect the quarterback, our quarterback, we have the ability to make some plays in the passing game. I do think this. I think we have to run the ball, though. We're going to have to run the ball. That always protects your passer. Defensively, I think if we can put some pressure on the quarterback, we have a chance of, of, of taking the ball away, mm-hmm. to be quite honest. Yeah. And so that, that, you know, it's going to be a game of, of, of really how it starts for us. That's the critical huge. part. That's if, if we could just get it into a game where it's, it's, just, it's, it's like you're volleying. Yeah. Okay? Not one of these, uh-oh, oh, mm-hmm. here we go again, right? And, and we got to do that. We've got to use our, the crowd that will be obviously excited about watching us play against a team like Oregon and we all those are factors but we got to get off to a fast start on both sides of the ball not just for the sake of getting a fast start but so it doesn't get to be I would think a mental thing with your kids like a here we go again type syndrome yeah, and even with that you got to give them a lot of credit because they find their way out of it Boy, they, they continue do to compete you know and and, and and that's youth you know they, they they always feel like no matter what it looks like if we can if we can get some scores or we can get some stops we'll be in the game but we need to get off to a start where Offense, whether they score or not, go down the field. Mm-hmm. Make some first downs. And then defensively, get off the field on third down. Make them punt that first series. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it becomes a game where both sides have confidence and mm-hmm. they move the ball and we've stopped them. Then you can start getting into the game. I have a theory. I think a big factor in the game is going to be Jaden Daniels' eyes, mm-hmm. what he sees. He, he is a quarterback that this year, and this is amazing for a true freshman, 259 pass attempts. He's only been intercepted twice, and one of those was a half-ending Hail Mary. Conversely, Oregon, the national leader with 17 interceptions on the year. Yeah, now Jade's not a risk-taker. He's not, and, and Frank mentioned it early. You know, he, he has to really trust the guys he's throwing the ball to, and I think the more he's played now with our receiving core, the more trust he has. Uh, but Jaden has been good with the ball, uh, not giving it to the opponent, and, and that's critical with the quarterback because the quarterback affects the whole game. He affects both sides of the ball. I mean, that's why it's the hardest position to play in football, quarterback. Because mm-hmm. you affect everybody with the decisions you make with the ball. And when you turn it over, that becomes bad. It's a bad deal when you start turning the ball over. And to be bowl eligible, we always talk about that. But, boy, for a team so young like yours, oh. the game and the extra practices in December would just be so invaluable for your team. Well, right? yeah, because we have some more coming in that are going to come in the spring. Obviously, early, they could actually participate in practice. <laughs> so How about fresh, that? We got some more freshmen coming. About twenty-five more wow. coming in, and so they could they could participate. <laughs> more you know, young, they can't huh? play in the game, but we'd actually let some of them practice, right? So it's just it just Why leads not? to all that, and, and you know, it would be nice for the seniors. Uh, and I always say that, that too. Uh, some of that these too. guys, um, whether they know it or not, when the season ends, whenever it ends in the bowl game or the last game of the season. They'll never play football again. And, um, you know, that's, that's a hard pill to swallow, you know, when, when all of a sudden it just ends. You don't yep. get to play anymore. And so it, it would be nice if we could get into a bowl game for those guys. Boy, it sure would. Well, the Sun Devil Radio Network is going to be on the job, ready to bring you all the action of Saturday's game with Oregon. Homecoming game. Our coverage will begin at 3.30 with the Sun Devil Tailgate Show, hosted by Vince Murata and Jordan Simone from Pitchforks and Corks. Jordan, when uh, 1987 Rose Bowl MVP Jeff Van Raphorst will join me for the broadcast of the game starting at 5.44 is kickoff time on Saturday evening.
Our thanks to our great engineer producer, Sean Crespin, for his work tonight, especially under some duress. Thanks to ASU Senior Associate Athletic Director for Football Operations, Tim Cassidy. And thanks to Cody Fincher of the Sun Devil Radio Network. Thanks to the folks here at the Lodge and our great Sun Devil fans who come out week after week. Herm, great to see you. Good luck this week. And thank our fans enough. They're fabulous. We'll see you next Wednesday for our final show of the year. Till then, for Coach Herm Edwards, I'm Tim Healy. Thanks for listening. So long, everybody. been listening to All Aboard with Sun Devil football coach Herm Edwards. All Aboard is presented by Coors Light and airs live from the Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen in Tempe. Arizona State football is an exclusive presentation of the Sun Devil Radio Network presented by Mid First Bank.